welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 115. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and I have a couple of beans on the line with me. So tonight we've got Chewy. How's it going mate? Good mate, how are you? Pretty good and we've also got Stu. Welcome back to the cast Stu, how's it going? Yeah, really good. You know, I just realised that uh, tonight is the first time this year that you and I have been on the cast together, Chewy. It has been a minute. But then I also realised I've only been on one episode this this year and <laughs> you bailed because I was going to be on. You're like, nah. So not this time. I, I, think, I've, I think I've caught you by surprise. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wasn't running away from you. Do you need to leave you. now, Chewy? I... So, I, I I've been looking forward to being on the cast with you, mate. It has been a hot minute. It's so good. uh, We appreciate you coming out of the woodwork. We thought you were slowly going the way of the Blaster Boy or the Polywaffle, but uh, it's good good to have you back. Uh, And shout out Cracker. Happy birthday. Uh, The reason he's not on the cast tonight is he's he's turning 46, and uh, we wish (laughs) him all the best. 56, something like that, yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. Strawberry, as my daughter Yeah, Yeah, redheads age differently. It's like dog years thing, right? Yeah. 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 Every time they go out in the sun, they get burnt to a crisp. So, yeah, definitely age age a lot quicker. Yeah. Uh, Happy birthday, Cracker. I hope hope you had a Cracker. (laughs) Yeah, good work. And uh, shout out to my wife who's just walked behind me. It's her birthday on Sunday. So, happy birthday, Cat. Birthdays all around. Happy birthday, Cat. Very good. All right. So, uh, yeah, we've got one sort of main topic for tonight, uh, which is going to entail a whole bunch of different things, and that's standard. So we mentioned it on the podcast last week that this week was going to be a standard focus. Uh, We sort of did deep dive, I guess you'd sort of say it was last week on Limited, which I think, Stu, you were uh, were hoping to be on for that. I uh, I was, so (laughs) here I am tonight. I have no idea about Standard, so, you know, (laughs) sorry, everybody. Although I think think Chewy's the only one who's really done any homework for Standard, so thanks, Chewy. You've put a heap together for us to hopefully go over and not make a mess of. It's just going to be me talking for an hour, is it? Because I'm up for it. I'm up for it. I don't know if our listeners are, but it's something I'm capable of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you've been you've been busy, Stu, buying houses. Uh, as well, uh, so seems to be the thing that people are doing lately. So it's uh, yeah, the it's pretty cool. in thing, and and it, it's funny because I actually feel bad because Chewy was off buying houses and still able to be on the podcast, mm. and here I am trying to buy houses and not on the podcast. Yeah, but you weren't neglecting your family, so I, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be. The issue is, and and for those who have tuned in before, you'll know that I moved out of our rental at the end of last year, just before Christmas, and moved my wife and three kids into my parents' rumpus room. <laughs> so it, it's very Good difficult <laughs> to sit down at the computer and record. So yeah. But yeah, been buying houses. <laughs> exciting times. <laughs> no, it is. It's all, all very exciting. So uh, yeah, congrats, yeah, mate. We'll, uh, congrats. We may get into that a bit more once you're actually in in and settled and uh, it's all, all official and whatever and-, and yeah, once you've yeah. got through the actual moving part and Chewy's got the same coming up in uh, in another couple of months. So busy time ahead in the beans world, but we're not here to talk about real estate and uh, we're also not here to talk about uh, like hedge funds and uh, and splitting wizards off from Hasbro and, and things like that because uh, none of us are experts in any of one, those. Let's no. not do that either. No, okay. <laughs> but one day we will talk about uh, MTG Finance, Polywaffle. We'll, we'll get Polywaffle back on the cast, yes. 
All right, so yeah, we are going to talk tonight all about standard, but before we get into that, Stu, it's been a while. Do you want to give our uh, awesome oh, sponsors a shout out? I do, I do. Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. As we should all know by now, they are a Facebook auction site, but you can find them via just jpmtgbazaar.com.au, which will take you to their page where you can bid on all their auctions every night. I have finally started looking at auctions again because I'm, I'm in, in real estate mode and trying to save all my money. I haven't bought any cards for a while, but I've finally found my way back to starting to scroll. And I'll tell you what, guys, these win it now, uh, what are they called? These win it now auctions, they're not really auctions. <laughs> yeah. There are some bargains to be had in there. Oh, yeah, big time. And I haven't, done, I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but gee, I've been tempted by some of that stuff. I'll wait till my finance is all sorted first, and then I'm just <laughs> going to go ham. Uh, but yeah, guys, everybody, ladies, gentlemen, all the above, Josh and Pat MT, MCG Bazaar, they help us with absolutely everything. And our tournament series, which is kicking off from tomorrow night, wouldn't happen without them. So we are so grateful for their support. Please go and bid and let them know that they've been sent you. Very good. Yeah, the uh, the win it nows are good, but you've got to be in very quick because uh, the prices are so good that they sell quite quickly, usually within the first five or ten minutes. So as soon as that post goes up, jump on there, scroll through, see the cards you want and uh, and pick them up for a bargain. So what I've found as well is normally I'm asleep when those win it now auctions are popping up. <laughs> but it turns out At stress, nine o'clock. <laughs> turns out stress is a great way to stay awake. So yep. I, <laughs> yeah, knows all about that. I, I, don't, I, I never really knew what stress was until <laughs> these last few weeks. So I've been awake a lot. So yeah, it's good to finally see them. But of course, I can't pull the trigger yet, but soon. Josh, Pat, it's happening. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh, very good. Okay. So as you mentioned, Stu, our... League is kicking off tomorrow night, so we're recording this Thursday night, and our Kamigawa Neon Dynasty League is kicking off on Friday the 25th, not the 29th of February, as Crack is trying to tell everybody last week, 25th of Feb. So yeah, tomorrow night we'll be doing the live draw for the league. So if you're listening to this, either tonight, as soon as it comes out, or tomorrow, you've still got a couple hours to get in and register. We're up to, what, 50 now, I think, in the league, which is pretty cool. So yeah, we're trying to, trying to break our record of, uh, of 56. So if you're out there listening and you haven't joined, go to Challenge or jump in the Discord and find the links for it all and join up in that league. So it's, yeah, 500 bucks in cash and prizes with the usual envy points and the streaming of the finals and the winner getting that invitational invite, uh, direct invite. It's uh, it's all good fun and it's all upside for you and you get to play some really good games of Magic with some really cool people. So get in on that and that will kick off tomorrow night with the live stream. So we had a bit of discussion before we announced the, the first league about whether we were going to do standard, whether we we're going to do alchemy, what, what we wanted to do. And in the end, we went, we have no idea what's going on with alchemy. It's chopping and changing every three seconds and we don't know when the uh, the alchemy set releases uh, are going to happen, so let's stick with standard. And turns out that was probably a good idea because it seems like a lot of people have sort of dropped off of uh, Alchemy and not that many people are playing it. So I think we made the right call there, guys, to uh, to stick with yeah, standard. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I was, uh, yep. I was a bit pessimistic about Alchemy uh, to begin with and I've been justified, so I'm going to take that. Because I'm wrong about most things, but uh, I'm pretty happy to be right about this one. Although there is uh, 
the whatever the premier event set championship set championship and that's going to be like a double alchemy is that this weekend or next it's alchemy and historic alchemy and historic yeah double alchemy yeah don't know if it's this weekend i can't remember it's it's coming up soon okay uh wizards if you care about alchemy and if you play historic uh check out the uh the latest article from wizards they've uh, done some rebalancing and mm, uh, interestingly changes. unbanned fires of invention at five mana, uh, which may or may not have mm. impact. I'm excited by that <laughs> as a former fires player, but the yeah, rest of the cards, yeah, the rest of the cards, what they've done is they've gone exactly what we've suggested in the past and they've picked a tribe that's been underrepresented and they've given it a nudge. So there's a lot of zombies that have gotten better. Uh, so it's one of those things where. Uh, that's the sort of stuff I want to see out of Alchemy. Does it make me interested in playing it? Nope. But it, it's good to see that. And maybe Alchemy becomes the, you know, the more casual type format. Although if it's being supported by the set championships, maybe that's, I don't know. But whatever. Let's just talk about standard because that's closer to actual magic. Yeah. Yeah. We may touch on the set championship once it is played and done and we have deck lists and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, looks like it is the weekend of March the 11th, so it's still another couple of weeks away, two weeks away. So, yeah, we can have a bit of a, a talk about that then and discuss what's going on with Alchemy and, and what changes they've made. And I think just after then is when the Neon Dynasty Alchemy cards are released as well. So, yeah, a whole, whole bunch of stuff with that. So what that means is we're back into standard for this league. And uh, we were sort of having a chat before the podcast about how much standard we've played lately. Chewie's played a, a decent amount, but uh, both Stu and I, the last time we played standard was our last league matches last year. <laughs> Which is back in November. That's, <laughs> yes. that's a long time. It might have actually been October because I think the league finals was in November. <laughs> so anyway, a long time between long time concessions. We did uh, commentate the Envy and that was all standard, but... Uh, yeah, it's been a long time, and uh, yeah, I've been playing Historic and, and some Limited since then, and, and that's kind of it. So and I don't think you guys up, are alone there. Night. I don't think you're alone no. there, and that's why I think it's going to be uh, important to talk about it on the eve of our leagues. And yes, now absolutely. that you know people have been you know playing a lot of Limited and they've got their collection on Arena, they'll be ready to actually sleeve up a, a standard deck. So yeah, well, you, uh, you need to know where to spend those wild cards. And, exactly, yeah, that's precious, <laughs> that's the all important things. Cards. Uh, so you guys coming from a, a, a kind of a, a, uh, a completely fresh perspective might be a good thing because a lot of our yeah. listeners will be uh, in that same uh, same situation and hopefully, you know, you guys can make some decisions and the, the listeners can take a leaf out of your boat and, hey. and have a uh, – <laughs> sorry, so I had to throw that in because Stu's back. Uh, yep. And, uh, yeah, like let's see if we can – sell some some listeners on a deck to craft particularly if they want to use it in our league from tomorrow night so last what, minute shorty audibles what Absolutely. i would like to know chewy before we get really into it is has there been a decent shake-up of standards oh, yeah. since neon yes. dynasty big time. big time yeah absolutely so the last couple like Strict like, Haven. we saw the banning of Faceless Haven as well. Like, I imagine, has that nullified your mono whites and your mono green decks, or...? No. No, huh? no, they're, 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 they're still there. Still well represented. They've just yeah. been taken down a notch. But there's still other good creature lands. And, you know, the Faceless Haven, particularly in the mono green deck, there was a tension with the 
the the four four, the three mana four four troll. Uh, so like their mana base has kind of gotten better, but their deck resiliency has gone down a little bit. So it's not that big of a change, really. I don't think. Yeah. So like the last time we really focused on standard was sort of for the Envy and. We had the same old decks we'd had for ages, you know, Gruul and Mono Green and Mono White and Is It Dragons, uh, a bit of Lear, things like that sort of thrown in there. And that had been mostly the metagame for, for quite a while. And then, as, as you said, Stu, we've seen uh, Faceless Haven get banned. We saw Alron's Epiphany and uh, what's the other one? The counter spell one. Oh, man, how can I yeah, not remember I don't that card? Remember now. Yep, the one that learns. Uh, the Divide by Zero. Divide by zero. There we go. Thank you. I was like, that doesn't counter a spell. It returns it to hand, so it didn't. Yeah, yeah, same, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, and so, so what, we saw- what that's sort of done is, like you said, it's it's taken a little bit out of the mono white and mono green decks to sort of bring them down a peg, and it's taken effectively like the cap off of the the format. You know, like Alron's Epiphany was this end game where it's like, okay, once you hit a certain point in the game against those blue decks they're just going to take all the rest of the turns for the game and, and, it, and that's it. That's just how the game ends. And so it, it had this co- kind of finite length that a game could go when you're playing against blue decks. And that really sort of stifled a lot of decks and, and stifled a lot of the, the decks that are now popular. So I think but the combination of the bannings and then a good set in Kamigawa has opened the format right up and it's actually really quite diverse, which is good to see. And uh, yeah, that's what we're going to go through tonight. So we'll run you through some lists. Uh, we'll sort of talk about the lists and what's in them and what our thoughts are of them. And then, yeah, hopefully by the end of the night, we can decide what we're going to spend our wild cards on and, and give uh, the listeners out there uh, a bit of a decision to make. So I think we'll kick it off with a deck that's, from what I'm hearing, is actually probably close to being the best deck in the format, actually, which is the the Green White Enchantments deck. And I know, Chewie, you, I think you've been playing it, but you also, you know, you play similar style deck in uh, in Commander as well. But do you want to take us through this one and, and give us a bit of a rundown? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think in, in the early weeks, this was definitely, you know, the hotness. Uh, it's probably come down a peg a little bit, but it's been, it's still definitely being a, this will be a mainstay. This will be something that this format, a pillar of the format, I guess. So, uh, so green white enchantments, it, it takes advantage of, uh, of Jukai naturalist, which is, uh, green and a white for a two, two with lifelink and enchantment spells cost one less to cast. So that obviously gives you that velocity and makes all of your stuff really, really cheap, which is very, very cool. And hallowed haunting is probably the, the, uh, the most powerful card. It, it's, the most expensive card in the deck at four mana. Sometimes you go two mana naturalist, three mana haunting, and then you can, if you get to untap with those in play, you can pretty much go ham. But <laughs> hallowed haunting spot. two and two white for an enchantment. As long as you control seven or more enchantments, uh, creatures you control have flying and vigilance. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, create a white cleric, a spirit cleric creature token with this creature's power and toughness are equal to the number of spirits you control. So every time you cast one of your enchantments, which a lot of them are creatures in, you know, Spirit and Companion, the aforementioned Naturalist, Weaver of Harmony as your Lord, and yeah, you are, you're adding extra pressure to the board. Uh, Wedding Announcement kind of does double duty, pumping out a 1-1, one, one, 
then or drawing cards depending on the the situation of the game and then turning into a glorious anthem and then you've just got a bunch of really really good sagas and cracker did say when we were talking about our predictions a couple of casts ago that he thinks that the uh there'll be something that takes advantage of the sagas because they're just so good and this is definitely one of the decks that does so it's uh it, it plays uh, a couple of, of pretty good ones uh in in white none of the none of the green ones probably white decks is really splashing green yeah. but the the restoration of igenjo so chapter one search library for planes chapter two you can discard a card and return something with two mana or less from your graveyard and you can do some cool stuff like if they kill your naturalist on turn two you can get it back on turn three and and you kind of just been a bit of a speed bump or you can discard something like circle of confinement and get that back and not have to pay mana for your removal spell or sometimes you just want to ramp so it that that card does a lot of work the restoration of gadget is definitely one of the key cards in the deck uh and then um can I, just before you move on with that Yep. Can you discard a card and return the same card? Yes. Is that is that yep. it works in that order? Yep. yep. I haven't seen it played, so yeah. So you can sure. discard the planes that you get, uh, and then you can put that in. It comes in tapped, but then you still yep. get your land drop for the turn, so you're effectively ramping. Yep. But yeah, you you could discard a Dukai Naturalist and then return it straight away to the battlefield tapped. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yep. it's it's, cool. it's pretty good. And yeah. uh, chapter three is it becomes a three four with vigilance, and whenever it attacks and blocks, you can make a one one. So it's which they're spirits. So the spirits that you make of Hallowed Haunting get pumped by it as well. So there's a bit of nice, cute little synergy there. Uh, and then the other saga that plays is uh, Mich- Michikiro's Reign of Truth. So this comes down and it for the first two chapters gives a creature plus one plus one for each enchantment you control. And then it becomes like an old school avatar. Uh, if you remember. The, the, I remember the cleric one, parent of the number of clerics. This does this for the number of enchantments. So it's regularly, uh, you know, a five, five, six, six, or even bigger. And once you've got the hallowed haunting online and it's got vigilance and flying, it, uh, it ends games pretty quickly. But, uh, the aggressive decks, if you live the dream of Jukai Naturalist and then the reign of truth, you know, you're attacking for, with a five, five, at least on uh, on turn three, which is pretty great. And I know I've, I've done a lot of talking here, but one of the, my favorite things to do, because you get to feel really, really smart, it's a big brain moment, is Weaver of Harmony copying your enchantment triggers, the extra card draws off Spirited Companion, the extra removal. So Circle of Confinement comes into play, a trigger goes on the stack to exile a creature with mana three or less you can copy that with Jukai naturalist and remove two of your opponent's creatures with the one removal spell and for the cost of one green and tapping your guy so it's it's really really cool and it plays a bunch of um man lands as well creature lands as well and uh takes advantage of the green and white uh channel lands in Aganjo and besaju as well so this deck's got a lot of play i've been really really enjoying it it it's very, very good. Uh, it goes really long. It's got good game against uh, the aggressive decks. It's grindy enough to uh, grind out some of the control decks. So it's just that classic mid-range value synergy deck. 
and you get to do some really, really fun stuff with it, which, uh, you know, around timings of sagas, when's the right time to attack? You can get in the, to block, sorry, and then you can get in free attacks with your spirit and companion because, you know, you're going to get it back off the uh, restoration of a Ganjo and going to get a card, so your opponent's going to take the damage, but your thing might be big because of the Weaver, and, yeah, it's deck's cool. Deck's very cool. I've been enjoying it a lot. Yeah, it's a very good deck, and it's using a lot of cards from from the new set, which is really cool to see. It's uh, basically like we've uh, some of those cards have been sort of seeded over the last few releases, and then this is where it sort of all starts to tie together with a more of an enchantment focused. Uh, Absolutely, deck. Uh, and sorry, like it's the, set. The big giant finisher in the deck is Catilda, the Dawnheart Martyr, yeah, and just a three mana ten ten like flying lifelink is just incredible so yeah that that sounds gross yeah yeah <laughs> so and it's also an enchantment on the backside, which you know does the same thing but it's an enchantment so yeah it's uh yeah. it's pretty great see catilda yep. i played catilda a fair bit in crimson vale limited and just the front side alone was pretty strong but so now actually having some support around enchantments and on that on that backside of it is pretty sweet as well and similar with uh hallowed hallowed haunting we haven't we never really saw that until this set released with, uh, I guess, further enchantment support. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. It was a great, yeah. it was a bomb in Limited, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. but there's a synergy there between Catilda and Hallowed Haunting as well, just like there is on the yeah. flip side of the uh, the saga as well. So she gets very, very big and flies. And, yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Good card. Yep. Yeah, cool that's deck. sweet. And you've been playing this list yeah, yeah, I am uh, on the verge of knocking down the door of Diamond with, with it. I've played it, uh, played it through Platinum. And, yeah, I've uh, been yeah, rocking like a 56, 55 point something percent win rate. I don't have the and is, untapped. Is that best of one or real magic? Uh, a, a combination. Uh, I've okay. got a side. <laughs> depends board. if he's on the toilet or not. <laughs> yeah, it depends. It depends on whether I'm playing on my phone or, or sitting in my kid's room waiting for them to go to sleep. And yeah, uh, yeah. you know, or you know, my wife wants to watch something that I'm not so into. I'll just sit there and, and jam some uh, jam some magic on my phone. And generally, best of one on my phone and real magic uh, when I've got the time. To, and it's maybe half an hour a day. Uh, yeah. So I'm getting two or three best of three matches in a day. But yeah, the deck's the deck's really good. It's it. I would describe it as you know one of the pillars of the format at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm hearing from from a lot of people as well. So seems to be a pretty solid deck, and I think we'll see quite a bit of that floating around. So let's move on to another list. Uh, Stu, do you want to give us a rundown on uh, one of the lists you're looking at? Yeah, so maybe a list that's not one of the pillars of standard at the moment, I have no idea, but I like the look of it because it's artifacts and they're pretty sweet, is blue-white artifacts. And I've drafted the blue-white artifact, artifact, uh, artifact, hang on a sec, <laughs> archetype a couple of times. Art- artifact, archetype. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one to say, especially when yes. you've had an antihistamine. Um, but, and, it, and it's pretty good. There's some good stuff, uh, I think it's cool to see a list running some some of the new t- uh, Tezzeret with his uh, static ability of uh, the the first activated ability of an artifact you act- activate each turn costs two less to activate, which you know some nice synergy there with the Reckoner Bankbuster. It's also which, a really good synergy with Channel, right? It's an activated ability. Well, yeah, absolutely. Channel is 
I'm just looking at this deck for like the second time. Uh, but yeah, being able to discard your Moonsnare prototype for three instead of five. Yeah, or just draw nice. a card for free off your Bankbuster. Yep. The Celestis yep. is cheaper. Yeah, pretty good. One uh, thing, one thing with Tezzeret though that I was reading, sorry, um, is to ensure that it, the turn you play Tezzeret, don't activate an ability before that. Otherwise, it yes. won't count. Yeah, yeah, because you've already activated an artifact's ability that turn. So you, I you saw don't that get within the, the uh, EDH Twitter where people were like, "I activated my Soul Ring to cast Tezzeret on turn two, and I can't activate any others." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Plastic, looking, uh, is there read a... The card. Yeah. There's the... So if you went, like, turn three Celestis and you didn't have a land and you had to use Celestis' mana ability to cast your Tezzeret, you couldn't then... Because that's an activated ability. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't or specify a non-mana non ability. It's Correct. just first Does, activated ability of an artifact yeah. to activate okay. each turn. That's Does good, that feel... Good to understand. That, but is that an oversight? Now, I, I don't want to criticise anybody or suggest anyone's got it wrong or it's, as, you know, maybe it is as intended, but that seems odd to me. That and I think as as a static, it would be pretty hard to word it yeah, yeah, so that it can happen later in the turn after you've played Tezzeret, and, and it's only relevant the first turn you play it, yeah. and it's already a Planeswalker with three abilities and a, uh, and a static ability, so... It's probably a whole, you know, another four lines of text you got to try and cram in there just to word it so that the turn you play it, you get the benefit of it. And yeah. It's, it's yeah. probably not worth it. Uh, but, yeah, this deck seems um, sort of more like a blue-white control list. Like when yeah, I picture blue-white artifacts, I, I picture, you know, like affinity, like super aggressive, you know, the blue-white tempo or, or something along those lines and that's not what these lists are at all it's no this is very controlling you know you're running a couple of the mirror shell crabs which you're probably generally going to use them as a as a or hope to use them as a one mana uh counter yep uh, yeah that's true yeah because tezzeret's thing is each turn so on your opponent's turn you still get the discount yeah yep. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. It does feel weird to have a card like Igneous Smith that you want to keep around and to grow, and then four copies of Doomscar as well. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of counterproductive in, there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit counterintuitive. <laughs> but I guess Igneous Smith as a body that just you know finds your cards is is what you want as well. You know, a little bit like the um, you know, it's a it's a cantrip in the deck that saves you some damage to let you get into the late game. So it's not the, I'm going to grow this as fast as I can and try to deal 20 with it. It's got a slightly different hat on in this list. So with, with that in mind, growing it to 20 and, and killing your opponent with it, what is it, how is this deck trying to win? That's what I want to I think to you probably win out. with Wrecking a Bank Buster most of the time. You know, you're basically yeah, like wipe, yeah. wiping the board and just sort of controlling the board and not dying until your Bank Buster turns into a vehicle and you get your um get your cr your creature that comes with it that can crew it and by then you've just got total control of the game and, and away you go like teferi it's playing th three of the teferi who slows the sun tit and being able to untap uh you know it says plus one choose up to one target artifact up to one target creature and up to one target land and un untap them yeah that's a fair bit that you can untap in this list when you've got a whole bunch of creatures and artifacts and yeah you're getting a fair bit of value especially when you can untap multiple things of the same type or whatever uh, just because they're they're you know creatures and artifacts or whatever yeah, yeah so it's 
yeah, I think you're just playing playing a control game and then winning with yeah a card like Reckon a Bankbuster or maybe even actually hard casting a Mirror Shell Crab. Hall of the Storm say, Giants attacks for seven. Storm- yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to – I've just gone through the land package now and we're running quite a few of the, the creature lands there, particularly yep. all of the Storm Giants, and a couple of the, the, the white and blue channel lands, which are just, just one of each of those. The blue one is often considered one of the better ones alongside the green I think they're all land. good. Oh, I think they're all good too, yeah. yeah. In standard, uh, yeah, they're all, they're all good in standard, 100%. Yep. And it's yeah, nice to in, see interesting the – uh, the Wandering Emperor in the in the sideboard here, and your classic Hullbreaker, Hullbreaker Horror. Ginger Gataxius <laughs> shows up on oh, the board yeah. as well. Yes, that's that's a way of winning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I'm I am interested to see how this deck goes. Uh, it does require thirty seven rares, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is a lot. So I've probably got. Three quarters of the rares in this, anyway. But I'll, I'm going to plug the list in and see. I, I really want to give it a whirl. Yeah, it looks good. What about yeah. you, Shorty? Yeah. What uh, what deck are you excited about? Is there a mono red list? There, there is. Mono oh, red is oh, back. <laughs> it is. It is back. Yeah, you know, we spoke in about in the preview season that uh, you know mono red might not be, might still not be good enough. Doesn't have enough of an end game. But turns out we've actually like we missed a few cards that we didn't talk about in the. Uh, in the previews. Um, Out the other side like, of the city, there's a blaster boy with the hair yeah. sticking up on his arm <laughs> yeah. right now. Mono Red's back. Yeah, yeah. Nah, cards like Rabbit Battery are, uh, are super powerful and super strong for the, the deck. So, yeah, it turns out there's actually a, a pretty good list. I don't know how the deck ever beats the green-white enchantment list. Uh, I mm. think it's got zero chance of beating that. But going up against most other decks, you, you're probably not too bad. So... Yeah, just sort of running through, I guess, the the things that the list has picked up. So, yeah, rat, Rabbit Battery was one we missed, which is huge. So it's the, the single red for a 1-1 one, one with haste. And uh, equipped creature gets plus one, plus one and has haste. And the reconfigure cost is only a single red. So I think we spoke about, was it Goro Goro who gave creatures haste for, for a single red? Yes. And this thing's exactly the same. So if every single creature that comes down, you can just pay a red and equip it and give it haste. So you're running cards like Fireblade Charger, which we've run in the past in Mono Red, which is a single red for a 1-1. One, one. And when it's equipped, it has haste. The Rabbit Battery gives it haste anyway, but you can equip it and it becomes a 2-2. Two, two. Uh, and when it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. So it turns into sort of a good little removal spell or a way to just ping that extra damage and take out a creature or, or shoot down your opponent. Uh, but the big thing with Rabbit Battery is... It's a way to hide your creatures. Uh, one of the issues that's always been with your mono red lists is you, you know, you, you, you want to dump a bunch of creatures on the field, sort of go wide, and then you get wrathed by Doomscar, and it's like, oh, well, now I've got two cards in hand and, and they're garbage, and I'm just drawing lands off the top. Rabbit Battery is a way to sort of hide a creature, and, you know, you, you equip it to whatever you want, and it's, yep, okay, cool, now my creature is pumped, and then when you wipe the board, you're still left with that 1-1 one, one haste who then if you then play another creature on the following turn, you can then equip it and, and give it haste as well. So uh, that works quite well. Uh, we've got Upperizer Renegade, which is one and a red for a 1-3 and it gets plus 2, plus 0 oh for each other modified creature you control. So yeah, putting your equipments on other creatures, you can turn this into a 2-mana 3-3 three, three 
fairly easily uh, or, or more. There's a couple of different ways to get counters as well. Bloodthirsty Adversary can put counters on itself. Kamano faces Kakazan is the dream yeah, one yep. drop, right? Yeah, so that's, that's another big one. So we've got yeah two other sort of really big big pickups. Kumano faces Kakazan, weird name. But it's, yeah, single red for an uh, saga. The f- chapter one is it deals one damage to each opponent, each planeswalker they control. Pretty good. That's that's kind of what you want from mono red list. A uh, good way to deal a little bit of damage to your opponent and or uh, finish off a planeswalker. Chapter two, when you cast your next creature spell, it enters battle for, uh, this turn. It enters with a an additional plus on plus on count on it. So that's a way to... Uh, make a creature modified for the uh, the Uprise of Renegade and obviously make your, your creatures bigger, which is good. And then on the other side, on Chapter 3, when it flips over, it's a 2-2 with haste, so it can attack straight away. And it has the, the clause, if a creature dealt damage this turn by a source you controlled, will die, exile it instead. So just it's just kind of a little bit of gravy for uh, against like the black-white sacrifice decks and things like that, just another way to uh, exile... Creatures, and then uh, Thundering Raiju, which is a 4-mana 3-3 spirit with haste. When it attacks, you put a plus and plus and counter on target creature you control, and then it deals damage, uh, deals X damage to each opponent, where X is the number of modified creatures you control other than Thundering Raiju. So it can put the counter on itself, so it comes in as a 4-mana 3-3 haste, which is good. It, the X would then be 0, unless you've got another creature that's that's modified, but... It is a way to to sort of make your other creatures bigger. So, yeah, picking up a few big sort of end game uh, creatures, running some Chandra Dress to Kill, which which works quite nicely. And then we've also got Kami's Flare, which is a one and a red instant deals three damage to a creature or planeswalker, and it also deals two to the permanent controller if you've got a modified creature. So again, another synergy with those plus one plus one counters and equipment. That uh, works can, quite well. You know, can I seen... just cut in for a sec? Sorry. Yeah. Just going back to Thundering Raiju. Did you say if you put the plus one plus one counter on Raiju, X will be zero? Yeah, it says creatures yeah, it says other, other than other than Thundering yeah. Raiju. Where X is the number of modified creatures you control, other than ah, uh, it does too. Right. Yeah. I didn't so read right to the end. It's like the new Hellrider, <laughs> right? For people yeah. who've been playing for yeah, a long time. Yeah. So uh, it's a great finisher because if you've got you know, a rabbit battery on something and a plus one counter from uh, Commando Fakers, Faces, Kokazan, mm. and, you know, you've already got in a bunch of damage and you've hit something with a Kami's Flare to remove a blocker and then shock your opponent as well, you can, like, this damage adds up really quickly. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's an attack trigger as well, so it doesn't actually have to get through. You can just drop it down and just swing in and go, yep, all right, I've got three other creatures i'm going to put yeah. the extra plus on plus on counter on something else and now it's four and so uh yeah just just deal that last lot of damage and that's what the red decks need they need a way to to finish off their opponents sort of out of nowhere but the um the cami's flare is actually quite nice it's yeah three three to a creature or planeswalker and then two to their controller if if you've got a uh a modified creature you know, we've seen cards like activate. like yeah, we've seen like searing blood in the past, which was two damage to a creature and then three to to the controller if uh, if the creature actually dies. So it's sort of a, a variant on, on that sort of card. And again, another way to just deal that extra bit of damage. You want to be clearing blockers out of the way so you can get in for your attacks and uh, a little bit of extra damage to the face is always good. So Speaking of damage to the face, just yeah. fireball, right? Two copies of Light Up the Night, which is yeah. red and an X and just fireball them out so you can get in with all of your creatures and even if they're you know doom scarred you and 
played there, you know, whatever out to stabilize. And you go, oh, that's cute. Like, take five to the head. So, yep. yeah, it's uh, it's a good um, it's a good deck. I quite like it. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, good to see Mono Red back. I know that'll make lots of people happy, and it is good to have this style of deck in the format too. Main decking a braid, just like I keep said. Keep things honest. As well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we yeah. did. We definitely did call that. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm keen to... Uh, give this a go or something similar, and that's probably what I'll be starting with in the uh, in the league. The only issue is that there's a bunch of cards that I don't already own because uh, Mono Red hasn't been that good for a while. So it's actually going to cost me a decent amount in uh, in rare wild cards. So if I commit to playing this, I'm kind of locked in for for quite a while. So I'll have to make that call. But we just shall for the record, if you are in group shorty at the end of tomorrow night, meta game against. Mono red the entire way. <laughs> I mean, most of my league matches are played on stream, so yes. it's, it's not like I ever hide <laughs> what I'm playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Chewy, do you want to give us another list? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I talked about a green-white deck, and then you talked about a red deck. I'm going to mash those colors together, and a bunch of them happen to also be humans. So not a hard tribal deck, but Naya humans. Uh, is uh, a deck that's been doing really well in best of one. I haven't checked the stats on how well it's doing uh, in in the three-match format, but uh, a lot of just the good white humans uh, in, you know, Luminarch, Aspirant, Thalia, uh, Intrepid Adversary has shown up as well. That is actually a human scout. Uh, Adeline, Respect. Uh, resplendent cathar and also the so they were all white cards but the the red and the green uh the the flagship red and green card in this deck is halana and alina partners so two and gruel red green for a two three first dragon reach randomly uh did die to that um reach ability in limited because I didn't well, read one the of card. them's got one of them's got a sword that's doing the first strike sword and a dagger the other one's got it's a bow so that's yeah, where yeah. the reach but comes in did you know that reading the card actually explains <laughs> the card yeah I, I have learned that <laughs> yes. tonight yes yeah yeah absolutely so uh, at the beginning of combat on your turn put x 1-1 counters on another target creature you control where x is this card's power that creature gains haste until end of turn so a very powerful top end where you're just adding you know, two counters to, to everything. And, you know, Intrepid Adversary can add more counters, which then adds, adds more counters. Uh, you've got uh, things like Brutal Cathar that also happen to be, you know, your humans and a creature and a removal spell kind of doing everything uh, all at once. Uh, Chaplain of Arms, you know, a one mana. It's, it's a, well, a one drop with Ward 1. It's got Disturb, comes back as a... Uh, a two one, so it, it gives you a bit more, uh, redundancy as well. Thalia and Redain, uh, super annoying. Uh, then you've got, uh, Snakeskin Veil to, uh, keep your creatures alive. Valorous Stance does Valorous Stance things where it keeps you all the things alive but kills your opponents. And a, uh, yeah, some Showdown of the Skulls to, uh, you know, go even bigger. So if you're playing this deck in paper, bring lots of dice. Uh, but yeah, if you're, um, be prepared for a lot of plus one, plus one counters and even the yeah, Legion Angel in the sideboard gives you that, uh, that long game power as well. So a, a very linear deck where you're just trying to curve out and get your opponent as dead as possible. But 
disruption with Redain and Thalia, uh, a little bit of redundancy with the Chaplain, uh, Legion Angel card advantage, uh, and being able to protect you guys as well. So not so much playing removal outside of like Sajiri Shelter, I think is no, that just gives you things protection as well. So yeah, not doing no, a lot. No to, actual removal. Yeah, no removal. Oh, br- br- brutal Cathar is. Uh, yeah, that's that's really it. But sort of removal. Yeah, ev- I've seen some else is just proactive. Yeah, I've seen some lists also running Sagada Champion of Light from Midnight Hunt, which is the one green, white, white, so four mana for a 4-4 flying trample, and it has humans you control get plus one, plus one. So it pumps all your humans. It's got a coven ability that lets you reveal cards and put a human in your hand, which is nice, but I think the main thing you're playing it for is it's a four mana, 4-4 flying trample that is a lord for it's also a glorious all, anthem. all yeah. of your creatures. So, yeah, pretty, pretty solid. So, yes. yeah, I think this seems to be sort of the new mono white slash mono green like just that creature based beat down deck that just because of the way the all of these white cards go they've all just got tacked onto them extra abilities that you know tax your opponent or mess things up that your opponent's doing and things like that so quite a quite a solid deck yeah i like it um i i feel like i would get boned by the mana base a lot if i tried to play this so uh, (laughs) some people may have spend a lot of wild cards on that mana base too (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a lot of pathways. Um, yeah, all the pathways. Yeah, all the pathways. So, uh, but yeah, it's um, one of those decks that you need to be prepared for um, because you know you will face this on ladder, it's just like you'll face mono red. Uh, you know, you have to be ready uh, with your sweepers and and what have you. So, and I guess you know we talked about in the deck that you spoke about, Stu. You know, four copies of Doomscar. Um, this this is why. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. All right. So speaking of uh, powerful decks that haven't changed all that much, uh, it's very different to uh, what we've just had. Dragons is still uh, still a deck, Stu. Yeah, it is. Is so there I any, be... any updates to the list or uh, what's going probably on Probably the biggest update is that it's had cards removed from it, like Elrond's Epiphany. Other, other than that, it's very much what we've already seen. Uh what do we got? We got we got out of the gold span dragons. We've got a couple of the channel ants again, which is nice to see them them showing up because again, as Chewie said, they're very good. Hullbreaker horror and and Alia and Leah, of course, is fantastic when you have twenty seven instants and seven sorceries, giving them all flashback with all the removal main deck of braids once again, which is nice to see. Correct and some and lots of counter magic. So very much a control deck. Yeah, it's a, it is a control deck with the Goldspan Dragon as your main win condition because it lets you cheat on mana a little bit as there's, long as you get that attack trigger. But- there is clearly, sorry, uh, there is clearly a lack of uh, red board wipes at the moment, isn't there? Like we're, uh, we're running down the house in Cinderclasm. We've got Cinderclasm and a, a single Cinderclasm in the sideboard, but no but- burn down the house. Uh, the list I'm looking at is playing two copies. Uh, of oh, I must house. be looking yeah. at a different yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there you go. Yeah. But the, when I've seen the – when I've played against this on the ladder, I've certainly had all of my, you know, enchantment creatures burned down. So <laughs> that does happen. <laughs> so, uh, But, yeah, I think it's um, – I like this deck, actually. This would be probably the second choice for me. Yeah. So, like, for me, this is the deck where it's like I – played a whole bunch of visit dragons in the previous format so if i really yeah. want to save on my wild cards i can just 
add in a few extra cards and, and I'm sort of good to go. So Yeah, this is where I'm sort of sitting as well at the moment. But now I don't want to copy you guys. Oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just, just goes to show like even with taking out that, that ceiling that I was saying before about with the Aaron's Epiphany, the deck is still just solid, you know, going – Having being able to cast unexpected windfall when you've got a goldspan dragon on the field is just crazy. Like the, it's the a value good that you get, yeah, yeah. And Holebreaker Horror is is almost a replacement for Aaron's Epiphany in terms of that ceiling for for how long a game can go. Because once they're on the field, and you've, you're uh, fading, hoping uh, your opponent's creatures and uh, bouncing multiple, it uh, it gets out of hand pretty quickly. So solid deck and and something you still need to be aware of. In the format. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Uh, so a new deck that has uh, come about from Kamigawa is uh, the Jeskai. It's, it's almost a combo deck, uh, I guess, is a sort of way to look at it. But the Jeskai Hinata Dawncrown. So this is a card from Kamigawa. It's one and a Jeskai, one blue, red, white. So four mana for a 4-4 four, four flying trample. And it has spells you cast cost one less to cast for each target, and spell your spells your opponent's cast cost one more to cast for each target. So the big thing that's making people want to play this card is Magma Opus, which was a card from Strixhaven mm. that was six uh, six blue red, so eight mana total, and it's an instant. Deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of targets. Tap two target permanents, create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token and draw two cards. And then it's got an ability where you can uh, cycle it effectively and and create a treasure token. But the the big thing with this is because of the tap two target permanents, so there's two targets when you've got a Hanada on the field, so that discounts you by two. And you can choose your four damage divided as you choose among any number of targets. So you can choose six targets total with this deck, which means, uh, sorry, with this spell, which means that six generic mana completely disappears with Hanada and you're just paying two mana to deal four damage, tap two permanents, create a four, four and draw two cards, which is insane. <laughs> so, Value town. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that's sort of what spawned this deck. But the thing that it sort of isn't, obvious right at the start is when you've got a, a card like Hanada on the field, counter spells all of a sudden get really good because most, or not most people, but a, a lot of people aren't aware, like counter spells say on them counter target spell. You know, and, and like Jawari yep. Disruption is counter target spell unless it's controller pays one. So you're actually targeting something when you cast that counter spell. You're targeting a spell. And so Hanada gives you a discount on that. So you can cast Hanada and have one blue mana up <laughs> and have access to Negate or Jwari Disruption and just sort of lock your opponent out of the game. And, and the thing for your opponent is it's also adding attacks to their spells. So their you know, two mana removal spell now costs three. And so cards like Jwari Disruption, where they have to pay an extra one, all of a sudden they can't do. So it's quite easy to get this creature down with five mana up and just protect it for a turn. And then once you untap, you, you're kind of off to the races. You're casting Magma Opus, Magma Opus, Unexpected Windfalls. You've got Galvanic Iteration to copy it as well. And uh, Hanada itself is a 4-4 Flying Trample, so that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, most wow. of the lists seem to be running Smoldering Egg as well. You're playing a lot of instants and sorceries so you can pretty easily flip your smoldering egg you know you've got it early as a blocker and then flip it and it turns into the 4-4 that starts shooting things down so very cool deck the the mana is the same as we were just talking about before with that naya deck there's a million pathways in here and generally it's 
probably not that hard to to get your mana right. You know, you don't have a ton of really strict mana costs as long as you can cast Jeskai on turn four, then you're pretty right, which you should be able to do. So, I'm cool a simple deck. man. I, I'm a yeah. very simple man, and I am yes. I am very much enjoying the uh, Hanata Shatter Skull smashing synergy. Yes, like, <laughs> yeah. yes, that's another one. Kill all yeah. things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah beat that's, me to it. That's pretty yeah. gas. Yeah, yeah like so very cool deck. Uh, I don't know long term if it will be a major player. I think this is the sort of deck that will float in and out as a new set comes out. We'll get a release, uh, get a card that has you know something similar to Magma Opus, where you can divide damage across targets, and all of a sudden that gets discounted heavily, and so the the deck will pop back up into popularity. But it's quite good at the moment, and uh, would be I think it would be quite a fun deck to play. I don't think there's any chance I could afford to play it because I would need to spend so many wild cards. But yeah, very very cool deck. We will keep moving. Uh, Chewy, do you want to give us a rundown on another deck that's that's probably right up there again with that sort of tier one with the green green white enchantments? And I think it might be a good deck against green white enchantments, which is the the black white decks. Yeah, this is the deck that I probably least want to face when I'm uh, when I'm playing uh, on on arena. Uh, so it's a uh, I guess it's the shambling ghast sometimes eye twitch type. Uh, type deck that we have seen for a little while with dead, you know, deadly disputes and, uh, Lolf spider queen and meat hook massacres and, and things. So it's kind of your board control deck. So no, no counter spells per se, but, uh, controlling your opponent's, uh, board and just out grinding people is definitely what this deck does. So, uh, let's start with the mana base. There's, uh, a Ganjo and Takanuma. So it's got some, um, some of the new lands as well. Uh, Edgar, uh, Charmed Groom with the, you know, we've spoken about that in the past, four mana, four, four, becomes a coffin, which creates things and then comes back again. And when you've got two of them, you end up with this loop. So uh, good. Yeah. Uh, Spirited Companion, uh, just because it's, you know, probably the best card out of the, uh, the latest set, if you ask me. I love that. He's a good boy, that doggo. Uh, and uh, welcoming vampire to take advantage of all of your things that create one-one creatures, like uh, or yeah, sorry, two power or less creatures, like Lolth and the Wandering Emperor and Wedding Announcement and Shambling Ghast and the backside of Edgar, where you just draw a whole bunch of cards with your two-three flying vampire. So it's got a lot of value it's a sort of slow grinding deck deadly dispute lets it get a lot of value uh and uh vanishing verse and ride of oblivion uh fantastic targeted removal spells with meat hook massacre being kind of unique sweeper and you know then you've got you know you go blanks and uh soul shatters and such in the sideboard when you need them so a really solid deck if you're expecting a lot of creatures in the meta, which there are a lot. There are, yeah. And yeah, this is definitely, you know, one of the, the tier one decks at, at any given time. I think the blue red dragons deck probably is, uh, favored against this, but against the creature decks, you know, the, the enchantment deck, the humans deck, and, and maybe even the mono red deck, if they, yeah, mono, mono red does not like it. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's really, really well positioned. Uh, I would say this is, yeah probably you know one of the best decks uh and the only thing that kind of 
he's chasing it is the uh the blue red dragon's deck so yeah very very good if you you know if you've got the cards to play it this uh this certainly does a lot of work in controlling your opponent's board presence and then just grinding them out with you know loth tokens and welcoming vampires and edgars so recommend it yeah a few different ways to build it uh, you know, di- different versions of the the black white. Uh, you can you can sort of do slightly different styles depending on where you want to focus, which gives you a, a bit of customization for what you're expecting in the metagame. Uh, there's also just sort of straight mono black versions that are focusing more on you know the the versions we've seen in the past with the eye twitches and shambling gas and and all the the various spells that you you know deadly disputes and. Uh, all that sort of thing where you can sacrifice your creatures and get some sort of value from it as well. So, yeah, if you're into that sort of slow, grindy creature control type lists, there's there's a few variants that you can play. And, uh, yeah, pick, pick what you think is going to be best for the meta that you're expecting to see for, for that event or that weekend. So, yeah, that's um, that's sort of the main deck's that we're seeing in standard at the moment. There are, you know, a few a few other different ones that we didn't really talk about, you know, the mono white aggro and uh, all that sort of stuff and the mono green, which haven't really changed uh, a great deal. And then there's a bunch of other, I think, Chewy, you've spoken about in the past, the ninjas deck and uh, various other bits and pieces. So, yeah, f- a few different decks, but all the ones that we sort of covered really are, like, solidly playable decks at the moment like not not necessarily tier one but tier one i would recommend playing any of the decks that we've spoken about yeah pick pick the one that you can afford the wild cards for and or the ones that you know most appeals to you and your play style and i think you'll have success yeah absolutely yeah which is good so that that sets standard up into a a really good spot uh it doesn't seem to be anything too broken uh and yeah diverse metagame we don't – we also, as we sort of mentioned at the start – I think – did we mention at the start? Yes, the set championship is, you know, alchemy and historic. So we don't have any major, pro, I guess, pro in, in air quotes events coming up where they're going to be focusing on standard. So I think it's going to be developing for quite a while, which is good. That means that our, our league should run nicely, uh, have everybody playing their decks and being excited – and then hopefully lead into a, a good finals and have some some good coverage with some diverse decks. So I'm pretty excited about Stand at the moment. It, it seems cool. Uh, for me, in terms of what I'm going to play, I, th- I think if I can bring myself to craft the cards and use up most of my wild cards, I'll probably go mono red. Just kind of kind of have to. I think if if I have enough wild cards, maybe I would give the Jeskai deck a go. Um, but I can always fall back on the uh, the Izzet Dragons. I, I don't think I've got enough to sort of branch into anything else so i kind of need to stick with those i do have a lot of the like green black you know storm the festival uh renan seven chariot cards so I, I don't think that's doing too well in the metagame at the moment but i think there could be a, a spot where that comes back into being good in the meta so if that comes back around i, I do i did enjoy playing those lists but yeah i think uh, i think mono red's probably where I'm going to be focusing on. Stu, what are you leaning towards? I think I'm down to three, assuming the wild cards hold up. Either the artifacts, enchantments, or the black-white control. And and similar thing, if, if my wild cards don't stack up, I think I'll just go back to blue-red control. Yeah. Slash dragons. Yep, fair enough. Chewie, you're already on green-white enchantments. Are you sticking with that? Uh, uh, as most your likely, league but deck? 
but yeah, for the league, that's that's kind of the front runner at the moment. But the the blue red dragons deck might get a uh, might get a run from time to time, and depending on the the meta or the if the inclination hits, I might have a think about black white control because mm. you know what it feels like, surely? Remember the green black white deck with Loxodon hierarchs and <laughs> uh, the um, like face fetters and yeah yeah, yeah back in the back day in OG Ravnica yeah yeah it, it's got a little bit of that about it so yeah, you okay. know it, yeah maybe that's me just trying to talk myself into playing it I don't know but <laughs> uh, it's I remember a- Lo- Loxodon hierarch being one of the first cards like when I sort of first got into competitive going like what do you mean this card is twenty dollars like and you you want to buy four <laughs> of them what <laughs> <laughs> just just made no sense to me. And then when you actually play with it, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that card's really, really strong. And then you get into playing more and it's like, okay, yeah, now I understand why card's worth <laughs> worth money. But I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around uh, the fact that it was worth that much money. Yeah, $20 is nothing these days. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, cool. So hopefully that's given you a, uh, a bit of an idea on the standard format. Uh, we will be... Yeah, covering it on and off over the next couple of weeks, and if we see any uh, any big changes in the format, then uh, we will cover those. But that should give you a good starting point. At, at the end of the day, I think for most of us and probably most of the people playing in our leagues, it really just comes down to what what you can afford with your wild cards. So have a look at those lists. You know, jump on Untapped.gg or, or MTG Goldfish or whatever, and just sort of see what what you can build and. Uh, yeah, sort of pick something you can stick with for a while. You you know, they're, sometimes the flash in the pan decks like the, the Jeskai Hanada, they don't have a lot of cards that transfer over if that deck, you know, doesn't end up being very good. And that's that's where you need to be careful with what you're spending if you, you don't want to be spending a whole bunch of money having to, uh, to buy more packs. So I'm sure you will find something that suits you. Just don't find something that's really good against Mono Red and end <laughs> up in my group and play against me. <laughs> do it. Make sure you do it. <laughs> that'd be my recommendation yes. yeah no, very good all right couple of things on the way out the door so there is a limited arena open this weekend we which uh, we forgot to mention last week when we talked all about limited uh so if you want to get on though in on that I'm, I'm pretty sure that kicks off on saturday for our time and it's the usual you know twenty thousand gold and four thousand gems or whatever to, to get gold. in yep five thousand uh, so, gems yeah, get in on that. That'll be a lot of fun and a, and a chance to win some actual cash if you can make it into day two. And then, uh, Chewie, I might let you uh, mention this little teaser that we've got here. What, what did we do on Tuesday night? Uh, we we got together uh, and there was um, there was actual physical magic cards involved, uh, and there was also a, a number of a number of cameras. So <laughs> Man, there was many cameras. Many, many, many cameras and many, many, many lights <laughs> and lots of work from polywaffle and yourself uh in obs and yeah so not going to give away too much more than that except to say that there's something new and exciting from the beans coming up that that will involve all of those things so obs cameras microphones and actual physical decks so i'm pretty pumped by this and it's a uh, a chance to kind of diversify a little bit and just a good excuse for us to get together and play some cards just quietly. <laughs> but, yes. uh, but it's going to be in typical Beans fashion, like it, we're going to go all out and, you know, make it the absolute 
best thing that we can manage out of it. So if, uh, if you guys are keen for that, please do stay tuned because, uh, yeah, if any, if you're 10% as excited as me, you can barely sit still. So it's a, uh, it's, yeah, watch this space. Yes. And when this space happens, watch this space. <laughs> yeah, watch this stream. Yeah. Uh, so the best thing to do, if you're not already subscribed, go to Twitch TV slash Magic Beans Cast and just turn on notifications and check us out when we stream because some yeah innovations, I might might call it, coming. So pretty uh, pretty excited by that. Next leveling it for 2022. As, as we always do, just stepping up our coverage up above uh, Wizards and what pretty much anyone else does. <laughs> yeah, Which is not, yeah, not bad for considering our zero budget and, uh, yeah, the fact we all work full-time jobs that are, have nothing to do with <laughs> streaming or <laughs> content creation or media or anything like that. So, anyway, stay tuned and we will have more information on that in the next couple of weeks. So... That's uh, going to be it for tonight. Uh, yeah, as I said, the tournament, uh, the league, Kamigawa League, kicks off tomorrow night. So if you haven't registered, get in now and do that because, uh, yeah, we'll be drawing the groups and uh, putting everybody in their places tomorrow night and then starting that straight away. So we should be doing some streams over the next few weeks for the group stage. Uh, usually there's at least one of us that wants to stream our matches each week. So get in on that and, uh, yeah see what we're playing and do some stream sniping and, and just hard metagame against whatever we're playing because at the end of the day, you're here to beat us, not uh, for us to, to beat you. We all just uh, we, want, we want you guys to have fun and uh, get those all-important interview points. But, uh, yeah, it should be fun, so keep an eye out for that and uh, get in on that registration if you're not already in there. So so what time what time are we firing off tomorrow night? I believe uh, it should be 9 o'clock. 9 p.m. Australian Eastern time. So Day it's time for you time. to have a nap on the couch too, and but then wake up in time for the stream. No, like I said, yes. man, stress. I don't sleep anymore. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you must be approaching 35. Let so, me tell you. Uh, so yeah. PUBG tonight? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, no, you should, be, you should be building your, uh, your deck to, uh, to play in the league. Oh, yes. Yes. All right, so usual reminders, uh, if you're not in our Discord, get in there. link is in the show notes. There's also a link for the merch store, which has a whole bunch of new stuff on the uh, the Redbubble store, uh, which, if you're in Australia, gets it out to you super quick. I think, Chewy, you got yours in like three days or something, so that's, that's cool and some cool yeah, new designs. Yeah, it's good too. Uh, you know, yep. I have to have to do a little bit of uh, QC on it, of course, but, yeah, I've got, uh, I've got T-shirts, hoodies, I've got a mask, uh, all sorts of stuff. I've even got, like, a random like paperweight with the Beans logo on it just because I thought it would look cool with some RG behind it. Keep an eye out for the Beans toilet paper coming soon. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Very good. All right, Uh, don't forget to check out our sponsors. Go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au and that will take you to the Facebook group. Join up and get in on their daily auctions. If you want to find us pretty much anywhere on the internet, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all those places, just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast and you'll find us there. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Stu? At M Stewie. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. 